Adrian Abraham joins you for lunch from noon to 1 p.m. with a range of conversations around sports and fitness, life hacks, and food. All you need to keep you entertained and informed through the hour. Every weekday from 12 to 1 on Money FM 89.3. The core concept of 12 to 1 sports segment is to keep listeners informed about major talking points in the world of sports. From controversial decisions to off-field incidents, Adrian Abraham has got you covered. Pundits join the discussion weekly to provide expert analysis and have their say on the headlines. Money FM 89.3, 12 to 1 with Adrian Abraham joining me on the show today to preview all things the beautiful game has to offer. The UEFA Champions League is back once again and so much to get through. Elliot, are you as excited as I am for this season's Champions League? I want to ask you a question. What does the Champions League mean now where you have had this transfer merry-go-round and Barcelona and Real Madrid are not the same? Yeah, it's it's actually crazy because they wanted to break away. But then again, you see them in financial predicament. And they're back where it all started Ooh. in the UEFA Champions League. But just listening to that intro just gives you goosebumps oh, yeah. every single time. And the night, you know, with the spotlight. Oh, you can just imagine. That. Exactly. And all teams kick off at the same time around Europe. And mm. it's just crazy. Let's start with the defending champions, Chelsea. They're drawn in Group H alongside Juventus, Cristiano Ronaldo, less Juventus, oh, uh, Malmo and Zenit from Russia. Chelsea have added Romelu Lukaku, mm. an absolute powerhouse to their side. Mm. Also, Saul Nigeth. And they're the defending champions. They look in good form. But bringing Lukaku in, does it give them just that little bit of an advantage to possibly defend their crown? I think no problem, uh, at least for the group stage. Um, Saul didn't have the best of Premier League debuts, but you know well, I'm sure he'll do better in the Champions League. Give him a bit of time. It's never mm-hmm. easy. Mm-hmm. Juventus don't look the same. Uh, Moise Keane has come in. Max Allegri not, <laughs> not having the fairy tale return. But it was always going to be this way, right? Not to say that they depended heavily on Cristiano Ronaldo, uh, but we all got to move on. They were in transition. Not too sure about Malmo or Zenit. Zenit, the first game against Chelsea, shouldn't be a problem. Group H, straightforward. But Lukaku is it's going to give them so much. Apparently, rumor has it uh, that Timo Werner wants to go back to uh, Germany. He could be going back, going to possibly Bayern Munich, who's looking for a Lewandowski replacement. Mm, but that's a that's an interesting uh, headache to have for mm. Thomas Tuchel because when he was appointed as manager, a lot of people were questioning the decision. He's really turned them around from being around a mid-table side yeah. to Champions League winners and challenging on all fronts now. Yeah. And of course, Lukaku and Werner, that headache is, um, it's not bad to be the manager and to make those decisions. Sport because for choice. <laughs> his, his attacking options, they're ridiculous. There's yeah. squad depth as well. Yeah. I want to talk about the group of death now. Manchester City, PSG. This is what everyone wants to see. Wanted to see before the draw started. There were talks of Messi possibly going to Man City before he signed for PSG. RB Leipzig also in this group. It's the clash of the two oil clubs, as they're they're better known. Uh, Qatar (laughs) against uh, Abu Dhabi. Etihad versus Qatar. How do you actually bring it to? But um, Messi at PSG, surely they have to be favourites for this year's Champions League, though. Hey, 
he hasn't really done much yet, though, mm. right? At PSG, it seems that Kylian Mbappe is putting on a bit of a show uh, recently. Uh, but it'll be interesting. I mean, you 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 buy Messi so that you can win titles or Champions League. Yeah, you know that's always top of his ambition. Mm. Uh, Leipzig are a little bit weakened, though. Guanate going out, Upamecano going out. Uh, so there's a bit of a transition uh, where the manager as well uh, and their captain Marcel uh, Sabitzer. Sabitzer as well. So ooh, uh, it's going to be very tough on Leipzig. Sports Central with Adrian Abraham on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3, 12 to 1 with Adrian Abraham. So much has happened in the Tokyo Olympics and history was made over the weekend. But to tell me a little bit more about this, I've roped in Ahmad Akhtar. He's the former broadcast journalist at Fox Sports Asia. Ahmad, welcome to the show. How are you? Good, Adrian. Uh, always uh, glad to be back on the show. Yeah, and I say history was made because a certain Alexander Zverev not the man that we were expecting to go on and win gold at the Olympics. He beat Novak Djokovic in the semifinals. You'll, of course, have more on that. But he becomes the first German man to win a singles gold medal in the Olympic Games with victory over Karen Kachtov. Tell me more about the final first. Yeah, you know, um, just, you know, before that, I just want to preface uh, the discussion about the final with you know with this uh, historically tennis players haven't always considered Olympic gold on par with winning Grand Slams, but uh, this is going to be an achievement to remember for for Alexander Zverev. You know, from a nationals perspective, like you said, he's the first German to win a gold medal in the singles uh, since Steffi Graf actually back in 1988 at the Seoul Games. Uh, Boris Becker and Michael Stich won gold in the doubles back in 1992 in Barcelona. From a personal perspective, this will be huge because he's obviously yet to win a Grand Slam in his career. So this performance in Tokyo may be the start of something amazing in his career, uh, maybe a watershed moment moving forward. The match in itself was pretty anticlimactic. You know, uh, he defeated Karen Kashinov of the Russian Olympic Committee 6-3-6-1. A contest took just 79 minutes. And, you know, amongst the tennis, tennis fraternity, Zverev is the player known to hit the ball hardest and with the most power. And he's often not lived up to his potential. But this will serve as a reminder to the rest of the field of the incredible talent that he possesses. Funnily enough, there were a handful of anti-Olympic demonstrators, I don't remember if uh, you recall seeing that, who marched their way onto center court through a bullhorn. But Zverev was able to maintain his composure throughout that rather brief encounter. He struggled as well with personal issues and a rather messy change of management the last few years while also dealing with, you know, the pressure of being called out for failing to close big matches, choking in the big moments, uh, mental weaknesses. But, you know, he himself said that, the, you know, gold medal for him at the Olympics, the value is incredible. You know, it's the biggest sporting event in the world. Um, there's nothing compared to it. And he actually said, yeah, it's, I've got this golden thing around my neck. Uh, and it's not one of the 50 gold chains that I normally wear. So, I mean, the magnitude of this is not lost on him. And and you mentioned it as well. I think what makes it even sweeter is the epic semifinal victory he earned uh, over Novak Djokovic. Yeah, more on that in just a bit. You did mention how, you know, he choked under pressure. If we just rewind to 2020, the U.S. Open final, he was up against Dominic Team, and he won the first two sets, but, you know, couldn't see it through. So this moment is just that much more precious. Let's talk about the semifinal now. He faced Novak Djokovic in what was meant to be the perfect opportunity for Novak to go on and, you know, claim this golden slam, only becoming the second person after Steffi Graf. But what went wrong for Novak? Yeah, you know, Zverev is 
ultimately ended Novak's dream of attaining what was a once-in-a-lifetime shot at the Golden Slam. Uh, with regards to Djokovic, you know, the post-mortem has already begun. You know, many are wondering if the physicality of this year caught up with him during these games. Uh, he was one of several players who did complain early on about the heat wave-like conditions on court. Many players struggled to finish their matches, um, even on the women's side. But look, against Zverev, you know, a semi-final of a big competition. He was up 6-1 in the first set. You'd honestly expect Novak to win that 10 times out of 10 uh, from that position. But Zverev just had different ideas that day. It was really a shock, you know, his serve was on song. I think Djokovic said afterwards that he never got a look in at Zverev's second serve um, after that first set. And, and you know, really, I, I don't know if it's the conditions. I don't know if it's the wear and tear. I mean, he is 34, but he's also the fittest man on tour. It's hard to really pinpoint one thing that went wrong for Novak. Um, obviously, it's grueling enough to win the first three Grand Slams of the year. And then, you know, without having much of a break, from Wimbledon to fly straight to Tokyo uh, and get down to business is, is never easy, even for someone as impregnable as, as Djokovic. Um, the bronze medal match with Pablo Carreño Busta was just a lung buster as well. You know, two hours, 47 minutes, three sets in suffocating heat. In that contest, he started behind the eight ball. Uh, he clawed his way back to win the second in the tie break. But in the third, he was always on the back foot. Um, he actually saved five match points in the decider. Um, but ultimately didn't have much more left in the tank. And then the next day pulled out of the mixed doubles bronze medal match with a left shoulder injury. So not his serving shoulder, which is quite interesting. Maybe a precautionary move ahead of ahead of the US Open. And you know, as we know, plenty of history still lies on that on that open. He still has a chance to be the first man to complete the calendar Grand Slam since Rod Laver in nineteen sixty nine. But it remains to be seen whether his physical exertions in Tokyo have any effect on that outcome. So why should this podcast win? Well, 12 to 1 should be recognized as the best news and current affairs podcast because it's not just a roundup of sports headlines. The podcast explores some of the biggest and controversial talking points while taking the conversation forward in a comprehensive manner.